0: Living God, we pray that as your word spoke powerfully in that passage of Scripture, we pray that you will speak powerfully to us. We pray that you will send your Holy Spirit now so that what I have prepared may come alive in our lives, in our hearts, and transform the direction in which we go as a church. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Okay, so we're in the third sermon in a series on call, natural evangelism. And uh, just before I get into the flow on this, let me explain that the J word there, my colleague Mark Castleton says, you know you're motoring as a church when Christians in the everyday setting use the J word. When they talk naturally about Jesus, not church, not just, you know, what we do and what interests us, but they are able to talk about Jesus naturally and in a non-cringy way. And uh, the course material that small groups are using is this workbook, uh, Natural Evangelism with J. John. And if you, you can listen to the sermons online, some people have bought the book, or you can get from the coordinators, the small group coordinators, the notes that I've prepared alongside those workbooks if you want. But it's basically a course not on how the church shares its faith, but how individual Christians in the everyday setting can do so. And that's part of a much wider journey, or if you like, direction of travel, that we're trying to be on as a church. We've designated next year that we're joining in with a national initiative called Hope 2018, which is about churches reaching out into their community. That'll be a collective thing. Uh, We're also having a church weekend again next year and the speaker, Neil Hudson from LICC, will talk about what it is to have a lifestyle, a whole life discipleship lifestyle. So we're moving away. We're recognizing that we will always attract people into church and perhaps into the center. But we're moving away from an undue dependence on that to encouraging individual Christians to learn to share their faith in the everyday. It's either friendship evangelism, which is the theme I've been given for today, or natural evangelism, or relational evangelism. And all that's because Christians believe in a God who has designed creation for relationship. We believe that all of creation is interrelated. That's why we need to take care of it and steward it. But this God has particularly designed human beings, all human beings, to have a relationship with him. And there is a hunger inside every life, however much it's masked or ignored, that needs that relationship with God to be reestablished. So the key thing is that we are designed to have a friendship with God. And I want to say today whatever brings you here, having a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ is the very essence of what it is to be a Christian. Anything else is just the trimmings. Having a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ is the essence of what it is to be a Christian. And so it's not surprising then that in our outreach, We who are designed for relationship are the chief means by which God uses to bring people to faith in him. Whatever the church does, whatever it lays on, 70% of those who come to faith in Jesus Christ do so because someone has pointed them toward him. As Paul said in his prayers, someone has helped them to know what the living Jesus is all about. And that someone can be me and it can be you the whole thing about the stories in the gospels is that when you look at jesus he did not come with a package he proclaimed the message of the kingdom but in a highly relational way his disciples became relational so i was looking through the gospels this morning and when one bloke a fisherman talked to his brother He brought him to Jesus, and they ended up being told by Jesus to come, follow me. It was all highly relational. The church had an amazing birth on the day of Pentecost. But from there on in, even when they were under persecution and were dispersed amongst the regions, they were highly relational. It was as they did business, it was as they were on the run, that they shared faith. In the living Jesus. And so, not simply a little Jewish sect called the Way, which became known as Christians, but a vast company of people began to develop. And the mission of God's church is always about sharing in God's mission in the world. And it needs to be highly relational. So I'm suggesting that one of the things behind friendship evangelism is we need to move away from all ideas of method to being relational with people. We need to learn what our faith is about. We need to learn how to communicate it. But it needs to be done in a way that isn't so much strategic as highly relational. So just to reassure you, evangelism... Sharing one's faith in Jesus Christ is not just about words. It is not just about words, though, of course, it involves communicating with people. It's so much more than that. Evangelism or sharing our faith is not about selling ideas. It's not about seeing people as a target. It is relational in that we simply long for people to have that relationship with God through faith in Christ for which they were designed. Now, my wife contests whether my next illustration is going to work, but I'll try it. Sometimes, in some ways, we've tried to encourage Christians to share their faith. We've presented it as a single-track approach. We've presented it as something that we need to communicate, a package that needs to be delivered. And in friendship evangelism, it's certainly not enough just to explain the gospel. That has its place. We need a twin... Can we move it on? A twin rail approach, which means that we communicate the Christian faith, but in the context of real relationship. Therefore, Christians need to be well-connected with those outside... And so we come to that Bible reading that Chris brought to us. Paul and Silas were in prison. There's a context for you. They were in prison where a supernatural action literally brought them physical freedom. But their relationship with their jailer and the fact that God was at work meant that from now on, this jailer was seriously curious. His life depended on how they addressed his question. It was in a real context of relationship that they shared Jesus with that jailer. And it said that not only he came to faith, but his whole household as well. And we live in such an individualistic culture that actually we seem to see just odd individuals coming to faith. But the truth of the matter is, in those days, whole households were nurtured in the faith. And we need to get to a place where we see all our relationships as critically important as a way of sharing our faith in Jesus. So here was a challenging environment, and very often in a challenging environment, people will challenge Christians back about their faith. If you start to share your faith relationally, don't expect everybody to say to you, well, thank you so much for doing that. I really just want to come to know Jesus absolutely now and on the spot. They may argue with you. You may, as David helpfully said the other week, you may not know the answers to their questions. Don't worry about that. Say, I might know a guy or a woman who does, and I'll get back to you. Sharing one's faith is a challenge. Let me not pretend anything to the contrary. But doing it is vitally important and entirely normal. So just in case you think, I hope he's going to let this off the hook in a minute, let me tell you that there are some Christians who have a gift at sharing their faith and they're called evangelists. And we love them and we need them and we need more of them. But they are a minority. Every Christian is called to share their faith in Jesus. So I want to ask you today, if you've been a Christian for five years, have you yet shared your faith in Jesus? If you've been a Christian for 10 years or 15 years, what have you done recently about sharing your faith in the Lord Jesus? If you've been a Christian for 40 years, when did you last lead someone To know Jesus Christ. And I want to say that's not a weird and difficult and embarrassing question to put to you. It is when the church is being normal. We should be able to answer those questions with honesty and integrity. So we've got a bit of a journey to go on. But friendship evangelism is perhaps though challenging the way most of us will relate to. So I want you to uh, look at a clip now. A short clip of a girl who was herself challenging before she was challenged to come to faith in Jesus?
1: My name's Chloe, and this is my story. I come from a non-Christian family. Um, so growing up, I used to pray and worship to this Chinese goddess, um, all the while having a mindset of an atheist. So in my in year seven, my form tutor was a Christian, uh, this Christian lady, and I used to go out of my way to annoy her um, and mock her faith. And then I'd say that in year 11, was the most atheist I'd ever been in my entire life, after finding out that my brother had suddenly passed away. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a really tough moment for me. Um, I mean, needless to say, like my heart was very hard towards the idea of the existence of God. And I thought that if there were a God, Maybe totally unloving, selfish, uncaring. I became close to, very close to a couple of Christian classmates. Um, We became so close that they felt that they could openly share their faith with me, um, despite my opinions. Um, The only reason as to why I even let them in In the first place, and actually opened up these conversations was because they genuinely invested in our friendship. They really genuinely cared about my opinions, and um, so I really cared about them as my friends. Um, So one day, they invited me along to a CU meeting, so I reluctantly came along, and it was the first time I'd ever read a part of the Bible. So they were looking at the book of Job, and it really I felt like it was just like perfect timing almost because I was really going through a lot of pain and it really opened up my eyes. It really put my own situation into perspective that despite the surface appearance, God isn't responsible for suffering. But He is sovereign over it. That um, really hit a spot in me because, just because of how, how wrong I was in believing before that God was unloving, or uncaring, or selfish, when the greatest demonstration of God's love was right before my eyes and what he did on that cross. I came out of the CU meeting, asked my two Christian friends like, all the questions that I had in my head, um, and they really invested time into trying to answer these questions for me. I, I had a lot of mixed emotions, and I felt like if this were all true, I want that. And so I decided to pray that life-changing prayer, um, that God would come into my life and just take hold of it. So about a year after I became a Christian, um, word got around at my old school, and I found out through my friends that my year seven teacher was just completely overjoyed, um, massively shocked (laughs) um, because she hadn't stopped praying for me since I was in year seven that one day I would give my life to Christ which is such an answer to prayer, Um, and I'm so thankful for that.
0: It struck me that that story of Chloe captured the very essence of what you see in Act 16. A challenging situation. A person who was being challenging and deeply hurt. A preachy approach would not work. A form of words would never do in that situation. But in the context of real care and relationship, someone's spiritual hunger was awoken. And the pain that prevented them from coming to God was gradually and lovingly dissipated by God's grace. That's a picture of friendship evangelism worked out. And you'll note how significant those Christian friends were to her. So why am I saying this today? because I do believe that as a church our direction of travel our embracing of our vision needs to all of a sudden get some legs we need to become a church whose orientation is toward this kind of faith sharing it is not for a few it is not for the evangelists it is for the whole church to populate this approach to sharing our faith it's one that we will need very much to encourage one another now because of that trust me you cannot do it on your own and even with the assistance of other christians we need to be a prayerful people by which i mean people don't come to faith just because we're more intentional in our evangelism the grace of god (coughs) has to be at work in people's lives so if you never get a chance to share your faith at the moment with anybody because they're not interested, can I encourage you to start praying that God would open doors for you to do so. As you do so, I'm sorry if that doesn't happen in week one, but pray again that it might happen the week after and after that. And I would suggest that over time, your heart will melt, your courage will grow, and opportunities to share your faith will come. I've shared with you a prayer previously from the parish where I was myself nurtured. And it's a great prayer to begin to live this kind of friendship evangelism lifestyle. Use me, O Lord, today to touch many other lives for you, whether by the life I live, the words I speak, or the prayer I breathe. And grant, Lord, that each life I touch May be brought to life by your Holy Spirit and for Jesus' sake. So then, you remember that Acts 1 8 was for a year, our verse of the year. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Sumeria to the ends of the earth. And today, I want you to think about what your your Jerusalem is. Your Jerusalem is the place and the people you spend most of your time with. And so to put that in a slightly different way as I close, your Jerusalem involves your family and friends. And perhaps for you alone, That can be the most difficult place to share your faith. But it also involves you in the community of which you're a part. That's why we're not just about home life, we're about community life, where our time in school and work and neighbour is the kind of place to pray that we might become witnesses for Christ. And then the place of interest is the place where we do our hobbies, the club, the gym, the toddler group, the book group, or wherever. Those are the context, the other rail that's so important in relational or friendship evangelism. And as I close, just this quote. Michael Marshall uh, was himself an Anglican bishop and uh, something of an evangelist. And he said, evangelism will happen naturally when the church is at apostolic bubbling point. Pentecost is the time when the church bobbled up into being with new life. It's the time when, as it were, the overflow of what Christ had done in the lives of those who surrounded him could not be contained and had to be shared with others. And what Michael Marshall really means is, when we share our faith, not out of guilt or duty, not because the vicar said so, or we're doing natural evangelism as a course for six weeks, none of that but simply out of the overflow of our love for Jesus. That's part of our spirituality and our passion. In the book, um, J. John will tell you he's got a friend called Greg Downs. Well, this Greg Downs has been to our parish uh, recently, and he happens to be a friend of the very famous Mark Castleton. And um, Greg Downs is quite a portly chap, and uh, he lost a lot of weight. And so one day, when he was walking around a supermarket, he picked up 15 bags of sugar. And 15 bags of sugar was exactly the weight that he'd lost. And this woman, thinking we've got a real weirdo here, said, Sir, what are you doing with that sugar? And he said very enthusiastically, well, you see, I used to be this much fatter. And I'm so thrilled to have lost this much weight. I was just carrying it around to demonstrate to myself how much weight I've lost. I'm really excited about it. And the woman says, that is quite impressive, I have to admit. So she toddles off round the shop, sees someone. She gets to the counter where the shop is. She said, keep your eye open. There's a bloke walking round here with 15 bags of sugar. He's lost that much weight. So... When, this, when Greg Downs goes to pay for whatever else apart from 15 bags of sugar that he'd been picking up, uh, the woman at the till said, is he right that you've lost as much weight as 15 bags of sugar? I'm so impressed. Well done. Good news travels fast. It becomes infectious. I hope we've got better news to share than a bag of sugar, but I hope you get the point. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for our friends, relatives, work colleagues and acquaintances. Thank you for all the good things they bring to our lives. Thank you for who they are and for who you have created them to be and to become. Send your Holy Spirit upon us and set our hearts ablaze with love for you, that we might see them through your eyes with love and compassion. Help us to see afresh the wonderful news that we have for them, that through Jesus we have a way back to you. Empower us afresh, that we might minister from the overflow of our hearts. Please, please help us to start at home in our own Jerusalem by taking the courage to sow seeds of grace in the lives of the people we meet. We pray that you water those seeds through your spirit and that we might all become like the disciples in those first daunting days who stepped out in faith to spread the word that the Messiah had died for us all so that we all might live. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.